Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Tuesday. This is Seattle Now. Seattle has a new civic poet. Since 2015, the civic poet position has helped foster a relationship between the city and its creatives and helped bring poetry to the people. We'll hear from Shin Yi Pai, the city's new civic poet and host of KUOW's The Blue Suit in a minute. But first, let's get you caught up. District 5 Councilmember Deborah Juarez made it official yesterday. She won't run for re-election. Juarez is a member of the Blackfeet Nation and both the first Indigenous council member and first Indigenous council president in Seattle's history. She says it's been an honor to serve the city. It's going to be quite an election. Four out of seven incumbents up for re-election have said they won't run again. You no longer need to prove you've had a COVID vaccine to be employed by the city of Seattle or King County. City and county officials lifted the mandate yesterday. They say because more people in the county are boosted, which has lowered levels of community spread. They also say COVID hospitalizations are at a safe level. And the Seattle Police Department released its year-end crime report for 2022. According to SPD, violent crime in the city hit a 15-year high last year. Homicides were up 24%. Motor vehicle thefts were up too. One bit of good news, it appears overall crime, according to the department, decreased during the fourth quarter last year. Seattle is brimming with artistic talent, especially writers. It's one of the United Nations cities of literature based on the vitality of its literary culture. Now, there's a new ambassador to help maintain Seattle's relationships with its creatives, civic poet Shin Yi Pai. We often rely on artists and poets to bring attention to some of society's most vexing issues, but she also wants people to just enjoy poetry too. I do think though that people have very high expectations of poetry to heal, uh, to you know, catalyze growth, Um, to reimagine futures, and that these are all very lofty things. Sometimes poems are just poems. She's the first Asian-American poet to hold the position and has big plans to help spread poetry throughout the city. Congratulations, Shinyi. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Patricia. It's a pleasure to be here. You held the position of Redmond's Poet Laureate. What did you learn in that job that you'll take with you to this one? Some of the things that I did when I was over with uh, the city of Redmond, um, I wrote some poetic wayfinding texts for uh, the Redmond Connector bike trail that were um, temporary public art. And my big final project there was that I wrote a poem that I had animated into a film and then projected on the back of City Hall during uh, the Redmond Lights Festival in 2017. And that was a really powerful way to reach a very large audience and a very visual way to engage them in the reading of the poem without me necessarily mediating that experience. Seattle is a city with a long history of artistic influence. Why is this position important? Yeah, I think it's very powerful to give poets and poetry a voice, um, voices that we may not often hear uh, that can represent a community or a certain kind of story that isn't, you know, necessarily one that you hear in the media very often. Uh, And as I understand this program, it kind of um, 
I think it originated years ago when the city council person, Nick Licata, was interested in sort of bringing poetry to the city council meetings and had a position that was like a curator that would kick off these meetings by reading a poem or inviting a poet to read a poem. So it was always, I think, rooted very much in the idea of the power of the poet and poetry to facilitate and initiate uh, civic dialogues and to engage with social issues. And so I think that the particular aspiration for the Civic Poet Program, given its origins, is very much about that kind of uh, capacity for language and poetry and the stories that poetry can tell to engage with social issues in a really deep and powerful and personal way, to give voice to them. And how do you bring that to more people? Do you have specific ideas? Yeah, I have some ideas that um, I am incubating and trying to figure out exactly um, how I would plan and execute them. But one idea that that it really um, engages my imagination is that I would like to do what I'm thinking of as kind of a visual poetry poster campaign. Like uh, in the last couple of years, I think there's been a real rise in the interest of design and posters and helping to initiate social change movements. We saw that a lot uh, during uh, Trump's inauguration with Amplifier developing this really beautiful campaign with Shepard Ferry. And I feel like that kind of tactic or strategy has been really effective and interesting just last year. There were a group of uh, Asian American female artists, Erin Shigaki, Saya Moriasu, and uh, Julia Kang Robinson, who uh, put together a poster campaign that was about um, giving voice to Asian American women during a period of the rise in uh, anti-Asian hate crime. And that poster campaign circulated um, through, I think, libraries and cultural organizations. I remember seeing the posters down at Seattle Asian Art Museum. And so the idea, I think, is to, for me, I, I want to solicit and collect um, poems from the community curated around a particular theme, which I'm still thinking about, but I imagine it might relate to something like belonging or joy or safety with the idea that some of these poems will be uh, selected for design into a poetry campaign that would then see these poetry distributed all over the city. And um, if it's possible, I'd love to do little public art installations with them as well. We paste some walls, some empty walls in the city and to just um, cover the city with poetry in different neighborhoods. But I think part of uh, this work too will be directly engaging with the public, uh, potentially leading some writing workshops. I'd love to work with the Bureau of Fearless Ideas or with the Wing Luke Asian Museum, different community-based organizations. I think that a lot of the past civic poets have had uh, uh, maybe a deeper bench or interest in teaching, whether that's working with young people or working in academia. My orientation has uh, often been much more towards public art and uh, working with adults. And so uh, I, I want to figure out what those opportunities for community engagement across generations and ages is going to look like. You know, Seattle has a lot of um, what feel like intractable social issues. And I wonder how you think poetry can serve us during this time. Yeah, I think what poetry can do is elevate perspectives that we don't normally hear or want to hear, and in this way, hopefully engage readers or listeners with more compassion uh, or tolerance or open-mindedness or curiosity to um, cross that divide between issues to reconsider maybe the way that they have thought or felt about an issue before. 
All right, well, let's talk about Seattle as a creative hub. It's becoming increasingly more expensive to live here. How can we keep the creatives we have and bring in new ones? I I think that there are some interesting things that are going on by way of projects like the Cultural Space Agency that works with uh, community members uh, to to help them to understand the real estate development process and to raise capital to acquire cultural spaces so that there can be long-term sustainability um, of cultural organizations and artists in the city. I am heartened by stories like the ones from Wim Wim about, you know, acquiring uh, an old church in Queen Anne for their dance space. Or more recently, I was reading in Crosscut that the um, collective artists that curated the Yeha show at King Street Station, they were able to acquire a property in uh, South Seattle that they plan on developing into an indigenous cultural art space. So I think that there are um, a, a lot of uh, scrappy and ingenious types of approaches to uh, making one's way in a city like Seattle. I think at the same time, um, there there's a lot of philanthropy in the city. Um, and I know that the uh, arts office, for instance, uh, launched a WPA uh kind of public public works kind of grant that could help to pay artists for their work with cultural organizations. And I think hopefully um, seeing more opportunities like that, uh, things like the Seattle storefronts uh, type projects that engage with uh, spaces that aren't being used and offering them to artists. I think it takes all kinds of innovative ways to, to make more opportunities for artists here. You're Seattle civic poet for the next two years. What does success look like to you? I think that the projects that I work on will be successful if people come out to the readings and events and performances. Uh, if the word on the street and the feedback I hear is, you know, excitement and positivity, um, those kinds of measures I think are important. Uh you know, I mean, certainly like getting people out to see these things is really important, but I'm also curious about the ways in which people will engage with them. And uh, yeah, just kind of uh, what seeing poetry visually, um, what kind of impact that may make, um, if that if that um, is meaningful to people. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Shinji Pai is Seattle's newest civic poet and the host of KUOW's The Blue Suit. Stay tuned for a second season. Shinji, congratulations and thanks so much. Thank you so much, Patricia. Really appreciate you having me on the show. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was produced by Vaughn Jones. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Claire McGrain, Brooklyn Jamerson Flowers, Jenny Cecil Moore, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow.